SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's simple, really. Sports Grid, good. Everything else, bad. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. How's it going, folks? Here we go on a Wednesday. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas with Sportsbook Radio. And we're thrilled to be with you right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Our producer, Chris Bavona, helping us chart a course today. And we always appreciate his fine work. And we're really excited about Jumping on Sirius 204 come January 7th. A lot of cool things still to come. Glad to be with you from Las Vegas, where we try to get you hooked up on both sides of the counter. Going to have some fun today. Always fun when our buddy Cam Stewart checks in. And we'll talk a little golf with the Mayakoba Classic, final PGA event of the year. And the NHL, you know, we're desperate to get them off to the races here, and the clock is ticking about the 2021 season. And believe me, I mean, they're juggling grenades. Um, There's a faction of owners that think it's just not worth even having a season. The players are upset with the owners trying to rework the CBA they just signed this past summer. It is literally, it's a Rubik's Cube they're trying to put together. We'll try to sort it out. A really good guest, David Shane. He is the beat writer for the Vegas Golden Knights from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll be our guest also coming up in just a little bit. So we're going to have some good fun. And then in our second hour, uh, Tony Miller from the Golden Nugget and Mark Lawrence from Playbook.com. So we get a lot of cool stuff for you. And, of course, our buddy Stevie Slapshot will be along uh, in hour number two. So a lot of good stuff for you today. Speaking of today, we've got... An NFL game, yes, a Wednesday NFL game, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. Dobbins, the running back for Baltimore, apparently is not going to be available for the game. But all these positive tests for Baltimore, this game has been moved from Thanksgiving to Monday to Wednesday. Lo and behold, they're finally going to play this. Now, don't forget, the Steelers are unbeaten. They're 10-point favorites. But we are seeing a few 10-and-a-halfs. Uh, pop up on the board. So money's coming in on the Steelers. The belief that the uh, Ravens so short-handed, even though it's their, you know, arch rival. And these games were always three. It was the easiest game for the odds makers to put up. You just hang Baltimore minus three at home or Pittsburgh minus three at home. And these teams would just beat each other to a pulp. And speaking of that, the thing that will be interesting watching the Reds, uh, the, the um, Steelers moving forward is now they're playing Wednesday, unbeaten team. They're playing Wednesday. Then they got to play Washington, who's actually playing pretty hard and I think has a real shot to win that NFC least, but they're playing hard. But then the real banana peel, I think, for Pittsburgh now, you are literally talking three games between this Wednesday and the following uh, Sunday night when they have to play the Bills. And I, I think the the Bills could be a real, real uh, significant hurdle for the Steelers because the pressure mounts when you're an unbeaten team. And that's going to be the one to watch. As for tonight, I think Pittsburgh also has a stone in their shoe because of this COVID stuff and how it's impacted the NFL. It's really impacted the Steelers as much as anybody. It all started when they were supposed to play 
Tennessee and the Steelers just kept felt like they were getting the short end of the stick. I know we talked about this yesterday on the show. Denver's got to feel like they got a, the short end of the stick. Oh, good for them. All three of their quarterbacks returned to practice today. You know, and, and it was basically they were in close contact uh, to Driscoll, uh, who's the practice squad quarterback, and they couldn't even uh, put a quarterback out there against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, such is life in this uh, NFL season, as unique as it is. But again, uh, money coming in on Pittsburgh, total on the game is 42 and a half. And what can RG3 do? It'll be interesting to see how he fares. Uh, boy, how he bloomed on the scene. And then he, the poor kid, he was just a t- crash test dummy that first year. Um, but it'll be fun to see him back on the field. Uh, the other thing we're going to get going tonight, uh, college hoops all over the place. How about the games last night? Michigan State beat Duke 75-69. Rocket Watts had a big game. And that's a rarity, really, for the Spartans because Izzo's all about winning at the end of the year and peaking at the right time. And it always seemed like you know the Spartans would come up short in these big preseason tournaments or these big marquee games early in the season. And Izzo just laugh it off, shrug it off, go, yep, I'll talk to you down the road. That's what really matters to me. And, hey, Michigan State wins a big game early on. Uh, North Carolina beat Stanford. 67-63 was the final score there. And uh, two other big boys colliding, 65-62. Kansas was a winner over Kentucky. Now, college hoops tonight. In fact, I got a couple of plays uh, on the VCU-Penn State game and the Rhode Island-Seton Hall game, which I think are really good games. You can check those out at theinsidersgame.com. And those are actually fun games. I just love when these different conferences start to cross over and you get these matchups you just never get other than very early in the season. But then we get... Big boy basketball again. Number 11, West Virginia is in action. And they're catching nine points because they're playing number one Gonzaga. You know, what the Zags have become on an annual basis and what they've been able to build at Gonzaga is just, uh, it's amazing. Just just a chance to see if these guys can cut the nets down at some point. 153.5 the total. Gonzaga is a nine-point favorite. And another one. How about number five, Illinois? Taking on number two, Baylor. And we have the Bears as a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that spot. The one thing to watch for, the total was 142-and-a-half early in the morning. And the dough starting to surface on the over. That total, 142-and-a-half. It is now up to 144. So uh, we get some preseason tournaments. It's always great fun. Get these big boys colliding, and then maybe they'll collide again uh, in March Madness, which we certainly hope is a real deal and they can get through this season. And talk hockey with you when we come back. Good discussion. Dave Shane's going to be our guest on Sportsbook Radio right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, boys and girls, fasten your seatbelts. Nine minutes of fun and frivolity. It's always a treat for me. He's one of my dear, dear close friends. The one, the only, you all know him, Cam Stewart, joins us north of the border. Three feet of snow, did I hear? And we're going to talk golf? 
Yeah, yeah, it's great, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> it snowed the other day. It cleared off. It snowed again last night. I got to tell you, buddy, I envy you. Leaving Buffalo for Vegas. I wish I went. You wish you put me uh, in your luggage. I'm a little bit too big, but I'll tell you something. I was just reminiscing about Vegas last night. To doing the Sun Coast and do pars and the the cakes and uh, God, even that uh, little restaurant they have in there with the wicked chicken wings the size of my head and like uh, even every everything there there's better. Like it's funny. I went to Subway. For a sub, I, my location it sucks. In Vegas, it tastes like a T-bone steak. Like everything's better, buddy. I miss it. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I'm gonna take a shot here. I've only been here a month, but I'm more than willing to spend, you know, sport grid money. And the day's gonna come, kiddo. Serious 204 in January. The day's gonna come when you're gonna be out here, and you're gonna be out here for, you know lengths of time and we're going to hook up and do these shows together so you know the day's going to come perfect. when we'll gladly spend sports grid money what do you think they're like get rid of this guy he's been here a month they want to spend our money <laughs> exactly no I, I i suggested to sports grid the other day that me and gabe should get like envelopes of money to make picks with their money instead of our own money when we're doing a gambling well, show nice. i don't think i don't think it went over very well yeah but yeah yeah oh but we but we got you covered listen we'll, we'll make it yeah we wait up with you Listen, Seattle is a great bet. Seattle against the Eagles. We got you covered. Exactly. <laughs> All right. How about golf? It's the last one, buddy. You and I have done a lot of cool things on golf over the years. We love it. And once this ends, it's cool for me because then it's like there's a countdown and something to look forward to. My favorite event of the year, one of my, well, the Masters, but and we get two of them inside five months. But I love the Kapalua thing. I love the Tournament of Champions. It's the, the beginning of a new year. I love that course, no cut. Uh, so once this one ends, I start really focused. I can't wait for Hawaii, which is right around the corner. But they're south of the border. Mayakoba Classic, Justin Thomas. A big favorite here, Kepka's 12 to 1, Harris English. How about him? 16 to 1. Whoa. Now, you know, everybody, Abraham, I got it. Here's where I'm going. Everybody's going to talk about Abraham Answer. Oh, you know, from Mexico, he's going to go nuts. And people say, yeah, but then Carlos Ortiz, too, he won recently. Well, there's another guy, I'll just throw out my, my guy right out of the gate that I think is going to fly under the radar. He's not from Mexico, but he's going to be more than comfortable in his own skin down there, and that's Sebastian Munoz. 50 I agree 100 percent. That's a good. That's a good price. I'd even look at uh, Emiliano Grillo uh, from S South America. He's going to be nice. comfortable there. He's at 60 to one. No, it's tough. Like you look at the leaderboard. Like Justin Thomas, can he run away with this thing? Yes, but he's plus 650. Kepka, you know, he's playing a little bit better. 12 English. I like Harris English, but he shouldn't be 16 to one. He should be in the 20, 25 range. Even though he's in great form. You're right, Brian. Answer could be there, but I think we're going to dig a little bit deeper. There's a lot of storylines too. Ricky Fowler needs good production to even get invited back to the Masters. Like, you want to talk about a guy that's had a horrible year? Well, that's Ricky that, Fowler. Less he's, farmers he's got, insurance commercials, bud. More golf. I was just going to say, Ricky, an, invita <laughs> an invitation to the Masters. You talk about things that are on the line. An invitation to the Masters and the ability to do 37 new sponsors next year. Exactly. His commercials, uh, him and his caddy in the car with the back thing. It's like, come on, bud. And I got to be honest with you. It's just one of these things. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're sponsored by Mercedes-Benz. Why would you ask Ricky? Like, it's, it's one of those things me and Gabe were talking about on our show. Like, Baker Mayfield, what have you done? 
to be the progressive guy? What have you done to be in these commercials? Ricky Fowler is the Baker Mayfield of golf. We talked about it. The guy's in every damn commercial. He never wins. It's ridiculous, well, the, Brian. The, the funny thing is, though, we should play this segment and somehow send it to him, and he'll win. Because it's, <laughs> do you remember? Remember when they were calling him out at Sawgrass? Yeah. The play. This, this guy he can't win, and the players most overrated. The most player. overrated, and he's throwing yep. darts and wins the big tournament because somebody nobody's called him out for five years again. It's a good point. Uh, what do you think uh, this week? I know Will Zalatoris is a guy that's knocking on the door, but he's only 33. I'd want a little bit more for you know a good young player. But what about Joaquin Neiman at 35 to one? He's from yep. Chile. No, and it's funny that, that that intangible of, you know, speaking the language and being comfortable in your own skin. I mean, there, I think there's a comfort factor you take into account. Uh, you know, like I'm looking down the list here. Uh, I don't I don't see him. So I would envision Matt Kuchar will never be comfortable in Mexico again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, senor. <laughs> don't hey, senor. Here's your five bucks. <laughs> can, I, can I get a Corona for two, to, two cents? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what 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 do you mean the lime costs another dime? <laughs> what do we call Matt Kuchar? One percent, one Matt, one percent Kuchar. That's his tip, right? Oh, He's unbelievable. Geez. I get better, and I'm broke. He'll never live that down. Hey, I get a goofball one for you. I. It is so funny to me. It's David Duvall all over again. David Duvall, number one player in the world, and then everybody. They always want to get better, and and and, and it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And David Duvall loses all this weight, and he vaporizes, and he's a color commentator now. Uh, Gary Woodland wins the U.S. Open. He comes back. It's like, who's that guy? You know, the hat. I mean, he lost so much weight, the hat looked like Chez Reeve on him. And, you know, <laughs> and his game's gone to hell in a handbasket. There's just too much game there for Gary Woodland. I got to take a little shot that maybe he, he salvages something of this year. Yeah, I don't know, Brian. I, I'm not going to have a piece of Gary Woodland. He just he burns money, or he could fade him in matchup bets. The recently, you're right. Eventually, he is going to get it together. And I will say this: take a look at fat comedians. The minute they lose weight, they're done. It's just <laughs> it, funny? It's just something in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like. Well, that's why you keep losing weight. I, I don't know what it is, but when you're fat and jolly, you're better at it. And when you lose weight, it's just you got no game anymore. I don't know what to say, but anyway, I'm still fat, so. I hey, I, there was there's, there's this girl. I gotta say, I just saw this girl. It was on the internet. It was yeah. like it turned into this internet sensation thing. I think it was a, you know, a pretty diminutive. I think it was a Japanese girl, lady, and she was doing this chicken wing thing, and she was just like, yeah, it was like she's eating the flats, and she's putting them in the gone, and she's eating, you know, and they're going, look at this girl, and I'm going, I've lived this for 20. I watched Cam Stewart eat the, the, you know, the bones and all. I'm like, well, that ain't special. You could have been a viral hit. <laughs> the best is that time I sat down with you. After a couple of beers, you go, there's sparks flying off the boat. Oh, <laughs> oh no, honestly. I, the only, when you come, and I, it's so great to see. It's funny. I watch Andy Reid now. You know, you, when you watch Andy Reid on the sidelines, that's me sitting next to Cam when he's eating chicken wings. I'm wearing the welder's mask. <laughs> <laughs> the Welter's mask. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that oh, be boy. great? You know, Mahomes, Mahomes goes over to Andy Reid, and all of a sudden he pulls out a blowtorch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. <laughs> all right. Well, we, we, got a, we got a minute and a half left. We could do this all day. What, uh, you, what are your top three? You're always outstanding at this. 
Yeah, sometimes I actually can't believe I hit Christian Bezouten out if yeah, see that uh, fast three on the European tour. But I'm gonna go uh, take a shot. Um, let's go. You know what? I'm gonna start with Neiman at 35 to one, Brian. I'm gonna play your Munoz pick at 55. I like the value. And uh, one more time, uh, I would. You know what? A guy that's kind of playing well and under the radar, Joel Damon. The, that guy's got some bad hats, but uh, his, his golf game's not too bad. I'll take a shot with him at 66. What do you got? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, gonna, I'm going in light. I'm going to the two guys, I think Munoz and Woodland, and then I'm going to watch and Friday night. I, I, this is one of these tournaments. I'm going to watch and see who, who acts like they care. we got 40 seconds left, Cam. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a shot. Come on out now and, and, and just put in for it. Uh, with the sports grid folks and say, yeah, Brian told me to come out and, and you know, and, and put the invoice in and see how that plays. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love you, buddy. Yes. You're the best. I had problems with, my, with the new invoice system last night, Brian. I don't want to call these guys anymore. <laughs> yeah. A, a pen, it's funny. A pencil that had sparks coming off it. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> There's a visual. It, He's our buddy. He'll be with you later today. Cam Stewart. We're going to take a timeout. Coming back, Andy is going to join us on a Friday from Sunset Station. It is Sports Book Radio. Thrilled to be with you as always right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, back with you here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing from the KSHP Studios in Las Vegas. Midweek, and we are anxiously hoping that the NHL can figure things out for the start of their 2021 campaign. Uh, it's the world we live in, and we can't wait for it uh, to, to die and to see hockey again. We are thrilled to have one of our favorite guests. I do Vegas Hockey Hotline locally uh, in Las Vegas, uh, weekdays at 1 o'clock Pacific time. He's one of our go-to guests. He's absolutely phenomenal. It's our buddy Dave Shane from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's the beat writer for the Golden Knights. Buddy, I want to see a hockey game. Me too. I was watching. I was watching my Wisconsin Badgers this weekend on the on the television, and I, just to get my fix. You know, like jonesing. It's, <laughs> it's weird. The weather. The weather cools down. I have. I don't have a rink to go to. Like, what's going on? Well, you know, we're watching football and moving games and teams putting you know, guys at the quarterback position that they found in the parking lot right before the game. They're getting through it in the NFL. College hoops off to a crazy start with games being canceled. College football. The NBA is about to get camp going. But the NHL remains eerily quiet. And on the sidelines, and I've seen, well, I've watched this league for many years, but I've also seen many Oliver Stone movies. <laughs> and I'm telling you, but with each <laughs> passing day and the more quiet it gets and they have a little rift going on with the league and the players and whatever the agreement's going to be, if they amend it, something they had just signed in the summer. But I just know this league. And they've shut down in the past. The dollars, money talks in the NHL. They don't have the kind of cake, the owners, that the NFL owners have. And with every passing day, I really think the season's in jeopardy. It's already going to be a gong show if they do it. But I think the pros may actually outweigh the cons, whether to play or not. But I hope they can figure something palatable out. 
Yeah, I mean, let's go back and, and just at least where we're at in terms of kind of factually laying it out. I mean, over the summer, they agreed to an MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, on a new CBA. They signed it. It's through like 2026, if I remember right. It was like a four-year extension with two years still remaining on on the deal. So, so a lot of this, they, 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 at least from the player side, they felt like they worked this stuff out. And then the owners are coming back at this point, basically kind of saying, look, the pandemic is still going on. We're taking a bath in some of our other you know, business ventures and things like that. So from the owner's perspective, they, they want more deferred salary from the players, and they want to up the escrow limits and things. And the players are obviously balking at that. And so you've got, like, what you, what you talked about, kind of typical NHL, where they stand around, and it's like a junior high dance where, where they're all kind of milling along the wall, you know, and the music's playing, and nobody's really doing anything. And then the slow song comes on, and then, like, one guy, you know, has the guts to go ask the girl, and he starts slow dancing, and then, you know, maybe everybody else kind of feels the pressure at that point. That's what it's always like with the NHL. There's this term going around, like, pressure point, that the NHL always seems to wait for pressure points to actually get a deal done. It's, it's ridiculous, but that's what sort of seems like what's going on right now is until they reach that, that pressure point here in another week or two for, for making January 1st happen, and they're kind of just standing around right now doing a whole lot of nothing. Well, you got to explain this to me because it's a wonderful visual. And to take you back to those high school experiences where there's the kid that's on the football team and he's got all the confidence in the world, and then there's the kid standing next to him who's good at algebra. And 20 years down the road, the kid that was good at algebra who was the geek in high school is the guy that's raucously successful in life. And God only knows what happened to the football player. So is the NHL – the cocky football player and the players are the geeky algebra guy or who's who in this scenario? <laughs> I don't know. Cause I know I'm like hanging out with like the, 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 you know, I guess punks and music kids and whatever over on the other side. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's a fun analogy. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think to your point earlier though, you mentioned, you know, the, the NHL owners don't have the bread, I guess that the NFL does. I mean, of course, they don't have the bread of the NBA, let alone the NFL. I mean, let's, let's even scale it down a little bit just in terms of, like, the winter sports kind of comparison and, and their, their sort of cousin. I mean, the NBA's got a plan in place. Like you said, they're ready to get training camp started. You know, in the summer, it seemed to be the NHL that was the league that had it all figured out. And meanwhile, you know, the NBA was still sort of maneuvering and baseball was tripping over itself and fighting and then cramming a 60-game a schedule down its player store. So now it seems to be reversed. Uh, to me, and, and I guess your question about the season being in jeopardy and all that, to me, I still feel like the motivation is there on both sides to make this happen. And... I don't think the players are real happy. I don't blame them. If they have to swallow a little bit to get this done, I would expect them to, but I would also expect there's going to be some negotiation here and some countering and saying, look, if you want us to do this, you know, we would like some concessions here or there or whatever. And then, you know, then you can get creative, I guess, if you're the NHLPA and, and start to figure out what, what what's really important to us here. They've already worked on, you know, the Olympics. And that's already in the. Well, in you the bring MOU, up a good point. CBA 
but other things can be can be worked out. You just threw the grenade into the middle of the living room floor with the pin out because that's that's the thing that's unique about this. Okay, it's bad enough the schedule's altered, no fans, but with all the things they're trying to figure out, unlike the other leagues, at the moment the NHL has significant time constraints that they have to deal with. And that's that they lose their television platform as of today if the Olympics in Tokyo go off. They want to be done before the Olympics so they don't lose their television platform at the end of this year. And then the Olympics gets them again because it's paramount to the league to go to the Beijing Olympics the following February because they want to get a foothold in the Chinese market with all kinds of dough. So in a weird way, as if there aren't enough problems that they're dealing with right now, they've got ridiculous time constraints that with each passing day, it's a vice grip coming in on the league. Yeah, and it's it's starting to get tighter. And, and again, I don't think it's quite there yet. And and at that point, based on the NHL's history, that seems to be when the deal will get done. When that vice grip gets really tight, you know, I think it's interesting though in terms of you know you mentioned the TV stuff. The other side of it, it with regard to the TV side is that this is the last year of the NBC deal, the last year of, of the NHL deal with, with the U.S. TV market. So that's being renegotiated. So there's a whole lot of incentive for them to basically get that last year done and played in, and renegotiate that deal. And there's a lot of ramifications with playing, not playing, you know, with the owners and all those sorts of things. that We were talking earlier kind of off the air, you know, and just, you know, random chat in the morning and things about – you know, how does this all work and where's the motivation lie? And, and if you're negotiating what happens versus playing and not playing and where's your bargaining power, I guess, if you have a season where maybe ratings are low versus not playing and, and all of that. But I think the bigger issue here is the NHL really long-term can't afford to bag another season. There's been lockouts and, and all these other things. I understand that there's certain markets that, have been hit hard and their owners have been hit hard. But I think to shut down, and this has been talked about sort of in NHL circles, for the NHL to shut down right now, I think the long-term effect might be more dramatic than the, than the short-term hit that some of these owners might take. Well, the main thing is they don't have a windfall of money from the TV deal each team. These owners... The majority of them are highly successful, rich guys, but some are a lot more rich than other guys, and many of them, their main businesses have been devastated by COVID to the point where their main businesses are getting clubbed, and now they're going to go, the thing that's a wonderful, not a hobby, uh, but an investment, on top of their main thing getting Billy clubbed, they know they're going to lose money here. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, and so, you know, just in a little bit of my research here, I can speak to looking at Bill Foley and some of his business interests, you know, outside of the Golden Knights. They've done well. Other owners around the league, you know, particularly it's been mentioned if you're in, like, the hospitality industry and that's where, you know, a lot of your economy or, or money wealth comes from, that's taken, obviously, a huge hit. I, I don't know the, the layout of the owners very well in terms of, you know, who owns what and, and things like that. But, like, okay, 
You know, let's look at like Tom Dundon in, in Carolina and, you know, what's his motivation for playing at this point? Is is he a guy, you know, who's who's been hit hard maybe in some other areas and, and would look at financially where the NHL is if they're not going to be able to play with fans in the arena or with limited fans. It costs so much to just basically turn the key and open that arena for business. And if it doesn't work, there's going to be owners around the league that are going to stand up and say, look, I just, I would rather not play. And so if that's the key, I don't expect that there's going to be a majority that eventually goes that way. I would expect that their voices would get drowned out and that the NHL would work out something here with the players and that there would be a season. But it's a possibility, and I think it's something that that at least needs to be, you know, looked at and considered from from our perspective, and and it is a topic of conversation for sure. Yeah. Listen, Dave Shane from the RJs, our guest. We're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, a little more on the prospects of getting back. We're dying to see hockey. We're dying to be able to watch and wager. Uh, but this is the world we're living in. Um, and we're hoping that this is a week that will produce some good news on the NHL front. A little more hockey talk coming your way in the next segment. It's Sportsbook Radio coming to you from Las Vegas. Seriously. We do this 24 hours a day, every day. It's real. And it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than Fantasy Sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, on a Wednesday, Sportsbook Radio from Las Vegas. Here on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Brian Blessing, glad to be with you and thrilled to have Dave Shane from the RJ. He's the Golden Knights beat writer. You know, it's a crazy thing. We're talking about getting the NHL up and running again and all facets of how our world will change. Listen, after 9-11, just think about what it's like for you to go to the airport now. Everything changed, and it changed for the rest of your life. And for guys like Dave and myself who would go to Golden Knights practices, get pregame interviews or postgame interviews in a locker room. This whole world has changed, and specifically for a guy like you, Dave, who would travel with the team. I mean, you just think of the ramifications of all this stuff. I don't see any reporter, sadly, getting in any locker room for sure this year, and who knows how far down the road this would go because teams love to control the message. And... You know, we're living in a Zoom world of of covering these teams. Yeah, and I mean, let's even back up a little bit just in terms of it obviously affects the teams themselves in the league and and how they can go forward and format this. You know, obviously you had an interview with Bill Foley, you know, on on your your Vegas Hockey Hotline show that, that certainly made a lot of waves because of his mention of the Canadian division. It's basically a travel issue. I mean, things like that, if the Golden Knights were going to play in Vancouver, like, I don't know how I would get across the border. I, I go back to the summer. I think about some of the reporters, and at least the one specifically from Dallas, Matthew DeFranks, who got sent back. He basically couldn't get across the border in Canada to go cover, you know, the Edmonton bubble. So going forward, I mean, there's going to be all sorts of different issues and and you know, adjustments that we in the media are going to have to make. Like you said, it's going to be a Zoom world. Certainly for this year, I would expect it. I I would hope, fingers crossed, you know, that the, the vaccines being worked on, you know, prove to be effective, that we can get back to 
you know, by say, you know, next fall, maybe, hopefully, optimistically, back to kind of where we were, quote unquote, normal, and 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 kind of carry on from that point forward. But well, I do think uh, it will be interesting. Just real quick, I do think it will yeah. be interesting for the NHL to kind of look at this, the NHLPA, maybe some of the players, to look at this and go, well, we actually really like the media in the locker room, or to say, you know what, this is how we like it, and we're going to keep it this way going forward, and, and this is how we're going to have to adjust. It's going to be an interesting kind of power play, I guess, and I, I haven't even and, thought and how of it that. all shakes down. That is such a great point that I had not even considered. There are many players that the media is a nuisance, but believe me, the media would also be a vehicle for some of these guys individually to be marketable and in every market i mean here in vegas nate schmidt was doing all kinds of car dealership stuff okay he got traded uh william carlson does a fitness center ryan reeves does stuff for the water authority um derrick england had a car dealership if these guys are sitting there like robots you know doing a zoom interview all the time and these guys wear helmets and you don't even know what they look like as people when they're playing hockey and it it, it would hurt a bunch of individual guys i never even thought about that and they they should fight for that i mean you know we we can crack on the media and and all that and i can take it that's fine like i have a little bit of a thick skin and and that's okay but there's also reality and i think there's some definitely some players that understand how to use the media for you know for their message whether it's about the team whether it's a cause that they that they would like to promote whether it's a, a fellow player whether they want to talk smack and chirp somebody whatever it might be there are a lot of players that that understand the relationship and kind of how we're a conduit to the fans and how we're able to as as the media whether it's a writer you know a tv reporter a radio reporter yep. to to get those messages out there, it'll be interesting to, to see which players sort of now that they've been away from it and they don't have the media in the locker room understand maybe the value of it. And if they say, you know, yeah, look, well, let's have them back. You know, I, I as maybe Robin Leonard, who have a message about mental health advocacy and things like that, want to be able to speak out on certain things rather than getting, you know. Yes. You know, an awkward interview over Zoom where the questions are hard to ask, where the media can't follow up. You can't just have a conversation and, and a back and forth. And it ends up You're being right. sort of a clipped message that, that comes across in many ways. No, I mean, even another example, and there are many all around the league. I mean, go to each market. Shea Theodore in the offseason had testicular cancer, which was a scary thing. He's okay. But then he comes back, and if you're doing foundations and trying to do charitable work, too. I mean, that was just a great point. I really hadn't thought of it in that vein. Uh, I want to if you want to get away from the dreary aspect of all this and maybe just a little bit of and we can't wait when hockey's back and we'd call on you to talk actual hockey we'll do that a little bit in our remaining minutes in this segment but one other thing that's paramount is you brought up the point in the previous segment every time you open one of these buildings you know it's a six-figure number just to open the doors. And if no fans are there, these owners, these organizations are going to be taking a big lighter to their money. Then how about the AHL? Vegas just has a brand-new AHL team uh, in this market, and they're building an arena. 
I don't even know how the AHL goes. They're talking about a taxi squad of 35 guys now because I don't know that there's any way that the American Hockey League and players they're trying to develop and you need guys when guys get hurt. That that AHL thing is such a big component of this too. If they're sitting there going, oh my God, how do we do this at the NHL level? Forget the AHL. So based on the notion, excuse me, of like a taxi squad and, and things like that, if that is eventually what's going to happen, I would have a hard time seeing how the AHL plays this year. It don't, like, where are you going to get your players from? They're all going to be on the taxi squad. You're going to have a bunch of, uh, okay, I'm not going to mention a name or, or, or two from, from the Golden Knights system because it's not fair to them. But you're just going to have a lot of guys on AHL contracts that, that are floating around. And there's not, there's not many, like if you look at, for me, I look at the Golden Knights system, there's only a couple guys that are on AHL contracts. And there are some, they're, they're tied to two-way deals with the Golden Knights or something like that. Patrick Brown, um, you know, some of these guys that are, that are fringe players, but, but they're property of the Golden Knights. So if they're going to be on a taxi squad, well, who, who the heck are the Silver Knights going to consist of? You know, they're all going to be on the taxi squad. So for me, it seems like it's pointing to the AHL probably shutting down this year and most of those players developing either, you know, NHL taxi squad or getting loaned you know, maybe to Europe or something like that. One of the things that, that's very interesting for me, covering the Golden Knights, and, and it goes back to Nate Schmidt even when he was suspended, the Golden Knights have a, a kind of a deal or agreement, a working agreement with the Vienna Capitals in Austria. And I, I've wondered at some point, like, well, why aren't you loaning players maybe to them? You know, and, and at what point could you or would you be able to, you know, loan some players to Europe and do it through a team that you've already ha- have a contract with and, and signed a working agreement with? There's a whole lot of ramifications for, for all these sorts of things, yeah. I, I think short term, if the NHL is going to have taxi squads and things like that, which they probably have to because to go back to the Canada problem, I mean, there's three Canadian NHL teams that have their AHL affiliates in the U.S. I think what, what it's Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, right? Utica, and then mm-hmm. Bakersfield, Bakersfield. In California. Yeah. So how are they going to get their players from the AHL if they can't cross the border? Well, so let me throw they, have to have, they have to have a, ta- a taxi uh, squad. And then, like, what are those teams going to do? Like, it just trickles down, and there's so many different dominoes that, that, that fall in I all know. this. this is, it's so sad that <laughs> I want to talk hockey with you, but we, to get to hockey, you know, you just think of all the things. And we just got one. We talked about the time constraints on the back end that they're dealing with. Well, the World Junior Championships – they had the Canadian team trying out an incredible camp, 48 players, 27 of them first-round draft picks, and they're doing their selection camp in a bubble. And a couple of guys got it, and they had to shut the whole camp down for two weeks. What if a hockey team had that happen during the course of the season? Good luck to you in a tight window of staging a season to recover from a team that had to completely shut down because, believe me, long before a pandemic, 
hockey locker rooms were the biggest petri dish in the world. I mean, guys would go to Florida to play the Lightning and the Panthers and then go back to Montreal and the whole team would get the flu. <laughs> I mean, the NHL was kind of the precursor to the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of get my head around how it's all going to work and, and everything like that. In terms of just, you know, the, the the coronavirus and whatever, I mean, if you look at the numbers and you look at the other leagues, you look at just what's happened in some of the statistics, I'm trying not to kind of, you know, make this into anything political or, or have a stance or whatever, but it seems almost inevitable that until we get a vaccine, until this virus and pandemic is corralled somehow better in this country, it just seems like it's inevitable that an NHL team is going to have that issue. It, we've seen it in the NFL. I mean, already last week and whatever, you know, Steelers game and all, all that sort of stuff, games being pushed back, and Broncos had to play with, you know, a, a guy like you mentioned off the street who, you know, hadn't played quarterback since, like, high school or some, something like that. I don't even know. Uh, you know, they basically, the NFL tied the, the Broncos hand behind their back and made them play so like what's the nhl going to do because at some point if these guys are traveling around which it seems like that's the way it's going to be formatted where you're playing in home arenas and probably like two game sets kind of like a baseball series um you know you're you're bound to kind of come across it at some point so the nhl is going to have to build in all these different contingency plans and scheduling breaks or or different sort of things and then here's the other thing too like okay you get through it and then guys come back well how long does it take to recover from this i mean i know people that you know certainly it's taken them a long time to knock on wood you know that they've recovered but they were they were knocked sideways for a while so you know you're coming back and then what you're going to play at the nhl level and actually compete i mean some of these teams can just get completely mauled and, and not be you know in terms of just conditioning and and you know up to physical standards i mean there's a whole lot of different issues that that could pop up competitive equity and, and things because of all of this that the nhl is going to have to, to figure out it's not going away hopefully like i said earlier fingers crossed you know the vaccine and all of that you know is optimistic and, and and points to positive things but it's not going to be an instant fix and and i don't think we can just line up and everybody's going to get a shot and snap our fingers and and back to normal it's going to take a little bit of time and, and it's going to be something that the nhl is going to have to deal with throughout this season for sure all right dave i'll tell you I can't wait to talk to you down the road once we know what the playing field is going to be. I think you bring up a great thing with the scheduling. Could be some incredible hockey with home-and-home home sets and back-to-back -back and all the angles and things we'll talk about when the day comes. But uh, first and foremost, let's get him back on the ice. Dave Shanking from the Review Journal, Las Vegas Review Journal. He's the beat writer for the Golden Knights. He does a great job. Thanks for taking a few minutes, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Take care, everybody. Our buddy Dave Shane from the RJ. We're taking a timeout. Be right back with you. Sports Grid Radio Network. It's Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
All right, heading to the top of the hour here on Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hour number two is on the way. Uh, we'll have a fun discussion. We'll really dive into college football and the NFL. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com is always great information. And we'll see if his database is kicking in in the NFL. Really hard to have that database give you anything uh, with confidence in college football where you're sitting there going, oh, yeah, these teams haven't played enough games. Okay, Notre Dame, you're in the ACC championship game. Okay, that's how it works. We're just like grabbing, grabbing teams out of the sky, plug and play. It's all a matter of how many games you've been able to play. It's just been that goofball of a season. Speaking of goofball, while we're on the air, which, you know, it is what it is, I'd like to be watching the football game, but we'll be yapping at you. How about the Steelers and Ravens? This game goes at 3.40 Eastern, 12.40 Pacific time. And the reason they're playing the game so early is NBC's committed to showing a Christmas tree lighting on primetime television tonight. Honestly, God, a Christmas tree lighting. We finally found something that can take on the 800-pound gorilla, the NFL, a Christmas tree. A Christmas tree got the best of the NFL. But we got the Steelers, 10.5-point favorite uh, in this game with the Ravens. We know Baltimore undermanned. Right now, the Ravens are on the outside looking in. Don't worry about them. The schedule's kind of cupcake city for them the rest of the way. But these two teams don't like each other. Uh, at the very least, you would think it would be a very physical game, and it'll be interesting to see how RG3 fares in this one. But let's see if the uh, Steelers just take care of business. And the fact that they've got three games in 13 days or whatever it is, uh, 12 days, uh, if they get a big lead, they may rest players, so they watch out for that backdoor cover. But again, it's uh, Pittsburgh, ten and a half point favorite. Total on the game is forty-two and a half. Little matinee, weekday matinee NFL action. That is odd, other than Thanksgiving. All right, we'll deal with it. Welcome to twenty twenty. All right, we'll see how that one uh, plays out. We'll give you updates throughout the day, and we got you covered right here. Lunchtime with the Linemakers is coming up next. Sportsbook Radio from Las Vegas on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slaps, Tony Miller, and Mark Lawrence. They're- SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.